skeletal forms, burn toxic green, vacant eyes, lit with everlasting hellfire. Hello, hello, and welcome to the next episode of Let's Watch Scary Movies. We are your horror hosts. That is Caitlin Argo. Hello. And I am Jenny. And we are here to talk to you about scary movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> be prepared to hear a lot of my voice this episode because uh, Miss Caitlin has returned from America and has somehow injured herself so she can barely turn her head. So it's horrible. Ten out of ten do not recommend neck injuries. Thoughts and prayers to Caitlin's neck. <laughs> are they prayers from Satan? Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so apart from your neck injury, how is it being back? Are you relishing our beautiful cold January weather? No, it's a beautiful sunny day, I have to say. The sun is. is out. Yes, it's freezing, but there's blue skies and sun. Yeah. So I'll take it. Yes. I'll take it. I, for one, am very glad to have you back. On I'm glad to be back. I've missed you. I've missed you too. It's so nice to be able to talk to you without having to uh, figure out just what time it is where you are. I know. I'm also sorry if there's lots of background noise today. My cats are running around doing all kinds of things they shouldn't be doing because my husband is working upstairs this week. So I can't cut, I can't shut them out. Yeah, I'm really glad that you're back. I know when you go home, because obviously your dad especially is really into horror films. Did you watch anything good while you were away? What did we watch? So we watched a movie called The Battery. Okay. Which I've been wanting to watch for a very long time. I don't know how scary it was to be completely frank. It was a zombie film, quote unquote, but it was really much more of kind of a drama and it was made okay. on an extremely low budget, Not a bad but thing. I did enjoy it. I was glad I finally saw it. Gosh, I feel like I, d I watched A Castle for Christmas, which is not a horror film, but I made my mom watch it because I do <laughs> love Hallmark Christmas films. Although that one wasn't Hallmark, it was Netflix. I think I watched that film about 20 times. I don't know why I did. <laughs> I think I may even have mentioned it in a previous episode, but I just became completely obsessed. It has Brooke Shields in it, and I just love Brooke Shields. So, yeah. And then, of course, we did, I watched with my parents the movie that we're going to talk about today. Yay! I'm very excited. Um, that yes, you watched this which, which this came off of Jenny's recommendation for this great nation from the last episode, the New Year's Roundup. Yes. Yes. Because my parents have Shudder because they are such horror aficionados. And I was like, let's watch all the things. So I, yeah. I really think that you should get a Shudder subscription, Caitlin, because there are some great shows, not even just films, there are some great shows on there. So my husband and I have been watching one called, I think it's Behind the, the Monsters. Hang on, I'll be able to, What is it? Yeah, Behind the Monsters. Monsters. It's a Shudder exclusive. And it's really good. It's like each episode is just about, you know, so the first one's about Michael Myers. So we've watched one on Michael Myers. We've watched one on Freddy Krueger. We've watched one on Chucky. Um, mm. We watched... Which other, I can't remember what other ones we watched. We watched quite a few of them, and they're really good. But yeah, yeah, they all sound really interesting. They are, and they're only like an hour, and it's a great show to watch. Sorry, my cat's climbing all over the laptop. Binks, get down. Or get involved. 
because I put the laptop on a box, which if, if any of you are cat owners, you know, that means it's cat property. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, today we are discussing my top choice, my top recommendation for last year, which is anything for Jackson. I'm very excited that we're doing this one. Yes. Um, it was my, technically it came out in 2020, but it was released in December 2020. It was a Shudder exclusive over here, I think. I don't think it's available anywhere else. It's still on Shudder. So if you want to watch it, you can watch it on there. But yeah, it came out so late in, in 2020 that I didn't really watch it until last year. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've now watched it twice. But like the first time I watched it, it was one of those films that I just kind of picked up and put on um, while I was working because while I was making some rings and my my kind of silversmithing bench is in the same room as the TV. So I quite often just put a, a random horror film on while I'm working. And I remember just looking up and just catching bits of it and being like, hang on a minute, this is actually worth watching. <laughs> and so I watched like the last half of it. Attention. Yeah. <laughs> and when I finished the last half of it, I got to the end, I immediately was like, I want to watch that again. And I can't remember the last time. And I said this in the roundup episode. But yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched a, a film and immediately it was like, I, I could watch that again right now properly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm eager to to hear what you you think of it. Well, do you uh, want to give do you want to give your score? Okay. Should we give yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's your score? I was going to give it about a 3.8. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you? Me, I'm bouncing between a 4 and a (laughs) 4.25. Can I tell you decimals to like two points? (laughs) It's very important, those decimals. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is not, you know, it is not a flawless film. There are definitely... A few bits and pieces, there are a few like pacing issues towards the end and, and things. And there are a few bits that, I don't know, could have could have been better. But overall, I think it's a very good film. I agree. There's some excellent performances, some excellent shots. A couple of times I was like, wow, that's a great shot. I loved the premise. But yeah, for me, there were issues and the ending was problematic. But, but yeah, we'll get into that. So spoilers ahead, shall we? Spoilers ahead, yep. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Now it's time for a breakdown. Well, first of all, the film was directed by Justin G. Dick and written by Keith Cooper, who are friends who have worked together on a few films. And they've worked. their, their main body of work is Caitlin's favourite genre, Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies. <laughs> Favorite genre is a strong description there, Jenny. I don't know that it's my favorite. Horror, <laughs> horror is my favorite genre, but followed very closely just, by Hallmark Christmas movies. I just love them. They're just so bad that they're good. I, I'm obsessed. Well, some of the I, films that are, I love are, that are, that's their background. Yeah. Well. Speaking of a uh, castle for Christmas, exactly. Yeah. Well, in this one, some of the films in their back catalog are A Puppy for Christmas, A Very Country Christmas, A Very Country Christmas Homecoming. We've there's like the Pony Sitters Club. Basically, they do a lot of like TV movies that they're like director and writers for hire, basically. And I listened to an interview with uh, Justin Judith about anything for Jackson, and he was saying that you know 
it was really good to be able to do this film because it was the first film that was like theirs and, and their concept and things. But he's like, I have no, he basically, he was able to do this film because of his background and all the people he met and kind of contacts he had through the, he calls it like the Christmas world. <laughs> I like this is like just entire group of like people that solely work on Christmas Hallmark films and there's a whole network. I wonder if that's a, a year-round endeavor. Like it's always. Well, Christmas. I know he said on one in one year he made eight Christmas films. Wow, that's he like a, Christmas. yeah, that's Honestly. like a solid body of work. <laughs> like <laughs> that's Christmas. That's that's taking Christmas all year round, and uh, really going with it. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So, did he say in the interview what sort of made him want to, you know, pursue a like a horror film? I think it was just he they wanted to do I think they just they they like horror and they wanted to do something different in a genre that has a lot already in it so he was saying he was like you couldn't do a zombie film because there's very little new things you can do with zombies and he's like you know zombies are overplayed you, you can make 100%. them fast, you can make them slow, you can make them the walking dead, you can make them like infected. But at you the end of the day, smart. yeah, exactly. There's only so much you can do with zombies where, you know, demonic possession or like ghost films, there's actually a lot you can do. And I love that this is the first film I've ever seen that describes that the premise is a reverse exorcism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved I, the premise. I really loved that um so yeah and and there's like they were able to they managed to get they had quite a low budget um the location so like mo it was all filmed in either the writer's house so the house you see is the writer's house and mm. um, obviously it's it's filmed in canada <laughs> the canadian we do love we do love canadian horror there Clearly. was no snowmobiles in this one though no. Oh, but a snow plow or some snow sort of plow snow machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a snow but machine. But I did. But it was interesting. It's interesting to hear that because really, it takes place mainly in a room. Outside mm-hmm. of that, mainly in a house. Outside of that, in the yard of the house. And then yeah, you get like a shot in the, the in the doctor's office. There's yeah. a scene or two, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. So I think the only other place I think they said they filmed was in an old cinema that they used to go like he's the director used to go to when he was a kid and it was closing down so they basically ripped out all the the seats and that and made it into like a a set for i think it might have been for like the room the main like the bedroom that we spend a lot of time in in this film but anyway let's get into the plot yes let's do it so the plot of this film is basically an old very sweet old couple grandparents Henry and Audrey. Audrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are grieving grandparents who have lost their infant grandson, Jackson. And yeah, so Henry's a doctor and they kidnap a heavily pregnant woman who is his patient. Um, her name, well, like they refer to her as Becca, which is her surname. They kidnap her because they want to put the soul and spirit of their dead grandson into her unborn baby. Yes. And they are Satanists. 
which yeah they're they're super cash about it as well which yeah, I love. yeah yeah so yeah and, and and obviously they perform rituals that go horribly wrong and you know it all kind of goes to shit from there i don't even think that the ritual went wrong i think the ritual went right but they weren't prepared for it or they weren't i don't it was think more, wasn't what like, they expected it's like the first ritual they do which is when it all starts you know all the weird things start happening i i, I think from from what gets explained later in the film is that they, they didn't complete it they misread it because obviously the book is written in different dialects and things like that and they mistranslated it and they didn't kind of do the rest of the ritual which is what we see at the end to get like the specific spirits that they want because the story the story is sort of told with flashbacks so yes. like the opening scene the way that it starts you don't have all that information yet no you know you, you don't know that they've do you know that they've kidnapped her the very, exactly. that, that's the very beginning which i absolutely love so it starts off in this like kitchen and audrey is like cooking and and henry's having his breakfast i think and it's, you know, it's very sweet. And, you know, the, the Daisy Daisy is playing. And Henry is like, you know, oh, please don't take, if I say something, darling, please don't take this the wrong way. You know, I really appreciate everything you do for me and the family, but my yeah. trousers are hem too short. And she's like, what? And he's like, I might get mistaken for a rapper guy. And they're just a really sweet old couple. <laughs> and then something goes a lot of the comedy in this film hits yeah. for me. Um, I forgot to write down the name of the um, the the actors, but those two are both well known, and they are both have a very strong. You know, they did look super familiar. Well, the the main guy, like the old man, uh, is Julian Richings. Yes. So and then she and then Sheila McCarthy plays. Sheila the McCarthy. That's it. So if you've seen Umbrella Academy, the first season of Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. she is. You know, the the, uh, the waitress at the diner that the like assassin guy, time assassin guy, kind of falls in love with. Yes, that's her. Oh wow! And okay, she's yeah. also in like Die Hard Two. She's been in a bunch of stuff, and she's also like a a theatre actress in Canada. And he has been in loads of things. So I recognized him from, do you remember Urban Legend? Yes. He's the creepy janitor in Urban Legend, but he's also... He, is, he has a creepy look to him. I oh mean, yeah, he does. He played, if you ever watched Supernatural, I think he played Death in Supernatural. He's been, again, he's been in loads and loads and loads of stuff. A lot of TV, a lot of kind of horror-y type stuff he has that look yeah yeah, yeah. he has a, and yeah he's a very and he, again he's a, a a theater actor as well i think um he's british but i think he's oh no he's he's been i think he was like in a canadian police show or some, something like that for years and years anyway he's, he's again he's quite famous in canada but they are brilliant the, the dialogue the way that they kind of like you said there's a lot of comedy in this film and it's those two and it's it hits every time they're so good. And I, and I think the reason it hits is because you're dealing with really high caliber actors yeah. who are super committed to the roles and don't make fun of themselves in the comedy. They're, they play right. it really, really straight. Yeah. Like there's a part in the film where the grandmother is showing, it's a flashback, and she's showing him how using the book, if she reads like an incantation from the book, she can raise a dead bird yeah. back to life. 
And he's like, oh, wow, you know, I forget what he says. And she's like, I've been doing it all morning. He's like, you can't, we can't be bringing birds back from the dead. And she's like, I've been doing it all day. (laughs) And she says it so seriously. And so all of that, all of that played. Their dialogue is, is just fantastic. They, they are such, A, they're such a convincing couple. Yes. Um, They're such a convincing old, like sweet old couple which I love. So yeah, it starts off and they're in having this amazing little, this little like back and forth about, oh, my, my child, one of my trouser legs too high. I'll get mistaken for a rapper guy. And she's like, oh darling, I don't think anyone would ever mistake you for a rapper guy. <laughs> and then there's someone at the door like, oh, she's early. And they rush to the door, like all excited and open the door. And then you can't, and you're still in the same sh- the shop, still the same. You're still from like the back of the kitchen and you can see there's a corridor with a door at the end. And then mm-hmm. it's just, you don't see anything for a second. And then suddenly you see, like, you hear like screaming and things. And they're just bringing this, the, the kid, the, they're attacking this woman and bringing her into the house. And you see them kind of knock her out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and I love that shot, the shot that yeah. you described, that long shot through the corridor. I yeah. love that. Shot. Yeah. There are some amazing shots in this film. So, yeah. The next scene is Becca, we soon find out, is the, uh, the woman. And she wakes up gagged like on a bed and she looks down and she sees a little boy sat on her bed this really adorable little blonde blonde boy and you've got this great scene of Audrey sat in the room on a chair and she's basically reading from like a script to to Becca while this little blonde boy is like playing in the corner yeah it was like a pre-written note almost yeah like that that they'd composed obviously yeah and it's like explaining like her kidnapping and what and what they're doing like we're not gonna hurt you we want you and the baby to be okay yeah and it's at the end where it's like please don't please don't do something because you know we we all have feelings (laughs) it's like yeah it's it's kind of crazy and then Henry goes outside and Audrey takes the gag off the woman and she starts screaming and you realize Henry's outside because he's trying to figure out if anyone can hear her while she screams because they sound through the room and yeah she can't and the woman at one point exclaims like Jesus while she's ungagged and Audrey just really calmly goes we don't use that name in this house and walks off which is the first time you're like hmm what it's a bit odd to mind and then you have this amazing kind of slow shot of like, she's like screaming in the bed and the camera just pans and you don't see her. You just see like the lights and the room and the camera just moves really, really slowly, which I really just sort of show the room. And it's just, you know, it's like a, like a nursery kind of room. And you find out that Becca says something about the little boy and Audrey's like, wait, he showed himself to you. That, that's great. Like he knows mm-hmm. who is, he knows his mommy kind of thing. And she tells Henry that she's like, oh, he showed himself to her. It's like, oh, that, that's good, isn't it? And she's like, yes, yes. Well, and when you when you first see the little kid, he turns his head around and then you see. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, because he's I thought bed. it was like a gunshot wound. It's to just the head. blood. It's just blood. Like, a, yeah, yeah. A wound. Mm. Yeah, because um, Audrey's like, oh, no, our grandson, he, he, he's dead. And he turns his head and he's yeah, at the back of his head's all bloody while he sat playing on the floor. And then we then we meet Rory, Rory the the snowplow man. I just kept wanting to sing Mr. Plow from The Simpsons. What's his Why? name? It's Mr. Plow. Oh. Why was he so obsessed with plowing their yard? 
I think he just really loves plowing. He like, I mean, we all love a plowing. He, exactly. but he, he insisted on it. Oh he's yeah, like, I will. He's like, I'll, I'll use the shovel so it's super quiet. Because basically, Henry's like, oh no, um, you know, my wife's really ill. Let's just give her some peace. Yeah, and I'll use the shovel. She won't even know I'm here. And he's like, no, no, let's just give her some peace. Can you move your truck? So, yeah, he goes away and Henry goes off to work. And we get a scene of Audrey being really sweet, bringing Becca like some vitamins. And she's like, oh, look, it's OK. They're just vitamins. Like she takes one. And then she starts mm. going through like Becca's things and finds a, bo- a bottle of pills. And she's like, oh, you brought your own you know are these prenatal vitamins and we don't really know what they are it doesn't really doesn't really say but I'm not sure they are and then as she does so she leaves Becca's phone on the table and she leaves the room and um the girl she reaches over she manages she's handcuffed to the bed but she has enough room that she manages to get hold of her phone and she's like unlocking it to kind of text someone and there's a teddy bear above her and we realize the teddy bear is like a nanny cam and Audrey's watching from her phone and she immediately comes in, takes the phone out of Becca's hands and watches on the video so that she can unlock it. And she's like, I'm really sorry. Um, we don't Which want I to- thought was very clever. Like that, clever. that, that old couple thought of everything. Everything. Yeah. And you can tell it's all of her because like later in the film when Henry has to start improvising because things, you know, things will never go to plan. And she's like, what's the point of having a plan if we don't stick to it? Which is why, you know, she had the script. She like every little detail she she kind of has in her head. But yeah, she's like, she puts the phone in and she's like, oh, I'm really sorry to paint you like this. And she goes on to like a dating app and finds a message. Like, oh, aren't you popular? And she's looking at this message as she goes, DTF, DTF <laughs> down to, oh my goodness. And it's like, well, if you can't even say it, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> and then she like messages this guy like, oh, you know, meet me by the lake at such and such. And then, so well, she so she's basically creating like an alibi, like making it look like Becca has gone to meet some off random guy. guy Can I just say, DTF will forever give me memories of Jersey Shore. Like that's where I heard, first heard that phrase. Was Jersey Shore um, a thing here? Yeah, it was. It was. Wasn't it when we were at uni, Jersey Shore? I thought it was later, like 2010-ish, but I I don't know. But it's one of those things. It's a cultural phenomenon. You guys had Geordie Shore. Yeah, but that was after Jersey Shore. But yeah, so we have this bit where like after after successfully messaging this guy, she uh, Audrey calls Henry to explain how it's done. And he's like, oh, you're a full-blown techie now, darling. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> so um, cute. And and Be- and then you have this this line. I love that she gives uh, Audrey gives to Becca because Becca's like, I can't. Why are you doing this? Like, she's talking, basically saying that you know you've got all this planned. And Audrey turns around. And she's like, No one has more time than a grieving family. No one. Which I thought was a really beautiful kind of line, which just shows how how traumatized Audrey really is. And it's it is revealing in a way because I think Audrey was very traumatized by it, and so she just wants her grandson back. Yeah, I mean later on you but, find out. But from his better. perspective, I feel like from a husband's perspective, he just wanted her to be happy. Well, yeah, that's what he says at the end of the film. You know, it's like later yeah. on, it's like he does. You know, I think he knows that what they're doing is wrong, but he just wants his wife, you know, to be okay. 
And then we're, we're at the doctor's surgery now and Henry is there trying to act normal. And the receptionist is asking about Becca, you know, because she's supposed to come in for a doctor's appointment. And at first he's like, oh, she she emailed to cancel. And the receptionist's like, oh, well, I didn't see the email. Did she? I, it's just a bit odd. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, sorry, I forgot. I bumped into her on her morning walk this morning and she said she was going to cancel. Um, it must be a small town, a really oh, small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a very small town. Um, and then we get the flashback you were talking about earlier um, with the with the raising of the birds and the book. And you just have this scene of the, of Audrey and Henry out in the snow in the woods with this like dead crow. And he's like, you can't just be carrying it around. It's a thousand years old. <laughs> But also, did they ever say where they got the book? I think yeah. they did. They, they yeah, yeah, explain. they did. Yeah, they explained later on where they managed to get I it. I want from. that book. I want that. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And one of my favorite scenes is this one. They are basically, they're getting ready. And it looks like they're going, they're going to this like community center. And it looks like they're going to like an AA meeting. Or at first I thought it was like a grief, you know, like a grief counseling meeting. Because um, yes. as they're walking in, this like weird guy... He's like, hey guys, like, oh, about, oh, Henry, about that book. I think I found it, but the guy said that he sold it. And Henry was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. You know, it was just a, a query. And all just like, oh, you told him about the book? And he was like, yeah, but before I found it. So basically, this this guy, his name's Ian. Um, Henry may have asked I love Ian. I love, I love Ian. Him. Where to get this book from. And but then Henry managed to locate it himself. I think we later find out he like gets it from Israel and it costs him like, an insane amount of money he gets the book and, and he's like they walk into this meeting and there's like it's like in a room and there's a table with like snacks on the side they're like walking into this room and there's a girl and there's a few other people and they're like oh now we're all here and the girl who's obviously leading the meetings like oh my boyfriend kindly brought snacks which ian's eating and she's like but can we can we eat them afterwards please and then they pull up their cloaks and light candles and you realise they're like a bunch of Satanists meeting in the community. We're going to have a quick yeah. satanic meeting in yeah, the community it's like, No problem. Can we, can we wait to eat the, you know, cheese cubes until after the devil worshipping guys? Or, you know. <laughs> I need my cheese cubes prior to the Satan worshipping ceremony, please. You need, you need like the, the extra energy, surely. That's worshipping Satan. Yes. <laughs> I know I do. For sure. <laughs> It's exhausting. And then I think we get like another, they like light some candles and they start worshipping Satan. And then I hope they get to eat the snacks afterwards. Um, we get another flashback of when Henry meets Becca. And it's the point where he's basically telling her that she's pregnant and you kind of figure out that she's, you know, the, 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 the dad was a one night stand. He's like, oh, he's long gone. I don't even think he gave me a real name. She's like, oh, my mom lives in Florida, but she's going to think I'm a failure. And at first she's really upset. And Henry's kind of encouraging, uh, very supportive, very sweet. And he's he's messaging his wife, like, I think I found one. So obviously yeah. there's already been discussing, you know, nine months prior to this, that they were looking for someone to help bring back Jackson. And you have the bit where he's like, can I take a photo of you? And she's like, why? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, just in my old age, I need to, a face to a name. And he takes a picture yeah, of her. For your records. That's yeah, well, I'm like, this is super creepy. And then you suddenly it goes, you see the photo like framed in a little picture frame that says like, mommy. And it's in the room where Beck is now being held. That was a nice little touch. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I really liked that. And uh, I think this is like, they're doing, this is now they're doing their first ritual because 
she's like Becca's like lying in the bed and she's covered like she vomits blood or something there's like blood all over her they're anointing her with blood and mm-hmm. uh, she's going like oh my god and Audrey's like oh you won't find god here sweetie like this is not yeah another dead pant delivery Perfect. exactly so yeah. they're like anointing her with blood and they do this thing like inviting satan into the house Audrey starts reading from the book the lights are flickering little little cute bloody jackson appears but then we get this like tall beak demon thing creature yeah which is like a flash of it yeah that's like standing over her and i i thought it looked like um you know in the original witches angelica houston when as the grand high witch and she's like takes mm-hmm. off her mask and it's like all that like, bloody like weird skin with the big beak it looked yes. like her on like steroids um, oh my gosh yes yeah. so true <laughs> yeah and and I think she's like t- the, this weird demon thing is like touching goes to touch Becca and and then the scene ends and it's Henry waking up which this was the point when I first watched the film that I looked up saw this scene and was like oh need to watch this properly um because Henry wakes up and he's and he's in bed and he looks over and he can see like in their little bathroom on sweet bathroom you can see like his wife from behind and she's like flossing or she's like getting washed or something and he's like talking to her saying oh I really struggled to sleep last night I guess that's to, ex- to be expected after the ritual and Audrey's not saying anything and he's like watching and like trying talking to her and she's not responding she's just still doing still flossing and then it just I'm keeps cringing because I know what's coming <laughs> yeah this scene really got to me and just kept flossing and all of a sudden you hear like this little like noise like something dropping to the floor and he can, he's like something's wrong you can tell he's like getting really scared and then his phone rings and he answers it and it's Audrey. And she's like, oh, I'm at the door with the groceries. Can you come help me? You're not still in bed, are you? And he's like, what the fuck, Audrey? And he looks over <laughs> and like the woman starts to turn around who he thinks is Audrey still flossing. And she turns around and like all these, te- you see like a bloody feet walking towards him and all these bloody teeth like falling on the floor. And you finally uh. get spot and it's this like old woman with these massive like, enlarged gums like her mouth like white like weirdly freakishly big or her and she's like flossing and all her gums are all bloody and she's flossing her teeth right out oh my god and I have such a weird thing with teeth that's yes, a nightmare are. for me yeah oh, anytime there's teeth things I just yeah. I flinch it's, I flinch yeah so. that, that scene like properly got to me when I listened to the uh, the interview because all of the monsters and effects in this film are practical effects there's no CGI there is a little bit of CGI, but not. I don't think it's in regards to the monsters. I think it's to do with like screens and things like that. And they were talking about, you know, in, uh, auditioning for these parts. And this woman, this old woman, said like this video where she'd done like, you know, she was all like bloody and 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 things. And then when she arrived to set, she was like this beautiful woman. They're like, wait, this is this isn't the same person that like auditioned. And then she goes into makeup and comes out, and they're like, oh my god, she's like she does a really good job of just being like wow. terrifying. But and yeah. you know, I actually thought it was Audrey at first, but wearing like prosthetic makeup. But then I realized right. it was a completely, yeah, it was a completely different actress. Yeah, and, and but this was one of the scarier moments in the film because I feel like part of the reason my score is slightly low is because I don't feel like it was a hugely terrifying film. 
but there were scary moments. And so this was one. And this also, you know, going back to my my friend pacing, you know, when you've got this buildup kind of in the middle, and this is where I feel like flashbacks work sometimes and other times they don't. But in this film, I do think that they worked. But so you get with this scene, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And so that's kind of, to me, the beginning of what could be, you know, a brilliant buildup. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I agree. I, I liked that the didn't wait too long after the ritual you know things start going progressing yeah and I think the pace of progression is quite good it does falter a little bit later on I'm trying to think of the last time where I've watched a film and been like 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 had Mm -hmm. that kind of response I know what it was when you and I watched was it terrified oh god yeah with the bath in the bathroom at the beginning yeah yeah (laughs) Oh, that would be a good one. Another film that we should probably cover on this definitely. We'd have to rewatch it because, yeah. That That teeth thing gave me sort of Blair Witch, you know, memories again. Like It it really kind of, it really got my hackles up a bit. Like, yes, creepy things. Yeah, and Henry is like bumbling. Audrey comes in and he's, you know, he's really shaken and she comes in and she's like, it's fine, it's fine. And I think Henry goes to work and Audrey's like, in the house and there's a knock on the door and she opens the door and it's a little kid in like a ghost sheet you know mask and trick or treat and she's like this isn't funny I don't know who got this but please don't knock again closes the door there's another knock but from a different door and she goes and it's like the kid again trick or treat and she's you can tell or whatever at first she's like it's a bit of a weird response I mean I guess it's not Halloween but still like she has quite a strong response to this little kid um yeah you can see that it unsettles her yeah and you later find out why that that in particular got to her but yeah um and it happens again and again and she's like really starting to freak out the kids appearing at all the doors and then she goes upstairs and she looks down and you see the little kid like running across the floor of the house like giggling she rings henry or henry rings her and she's like oh she's 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 trying to get me She's trying to get me. And then Henry's suddenly like, well, you know, you could always give her your soul. And you realise it's not Henry. It's like a demon. It's going trick or treat, trick or treat. (laughs) And then the door opens and it's the same ghost, like she ghost, but it's like ridiculously tall. And oh, that that was really massive. Yeah. Yeah. In like a really like horrible voice, just going like trick or treat, trick or treat. Red Ram. Red Ram. which I thought they did really well because it's hard to make a sheet ghost scary. And it was, see, I didn't find it hugely scary, but it was unsettling. And, and it, it added to the buildup, which I thought yeah. was, you know. Yeah. Like coming. <laughs> very much so. And then the, the next kind of incident was another one that really got to me because I have a thing. I mean, I know a lot, it's used a lot in horror I have a thing about the way people move and like unnatural movements. And you have a scene of Becca in her bed. Um, She's very heavily pregnant. And this demon ghost basically comes out from under the bed. And it's this guy with like a plastic bag over his head and he's all suffocated. And he's like walking on his like, he's like a crab, like his shoulders are dislocated and he's like walking like backwards. And he's all like weird movements and making really horrible like, 
clicky weird noises i thought this guy was so fucking boring <gasps> he he's like an extra from cirque du soleil who's doing a backwards crab walk with his head down which actually i'll show it to you i can't do it now because i'm injured but it's just not that difficult with a plastic bag on his face and i was like really really this is it like it was scary a million movies ago in silent hill when you had those creepy nurses but i just think it's so overdone and yeah he gave me total cirque du soleil vibes i wasn't scared of him at all oh no he's like um i've forgotten his name he's like a really he's used like guillermo del toro uses him a lot in his movies his name is troy james that's it yeah he's in like hellboy films and things he's a he's a contortionist Ooh, my post just came <laughs> that's the thing like i knew he was a contortionist I yeah but he's, but he's head on, like backwards um when he's upside down and and but, that, but that's the whole thing like i'm like yeah, yeah like i didn't like the unnatural movements but the bit for me was when he started like biting her belly yeah he did actually go there and, and i and i thought of that, and he's like heads on backwards and like you know he's the wrong way around and he he yeah. bites and he starts like biting like he's trying to eat the baby out from her and that ugh, yeah I didn't like that at all. And well, see, to- I was disappointed in this ghost, but I was still like, okay, you've got another demon. I was calling them demons. I wasn't calling them ghosts in my yeah. mind. They were. Demons. I mean, like I think they. I think there's like a, a kind of a mix of the two. And then you it have clearly to- opened some kind of portal. Yeah. This is how I was thinking of it. It opened some sort of portal and let other things it, in. Yeah. yeah. Which I think I think gets explained a little bit later. Yeah, it? they may, exactly. They may even say that, but that, yeah. but I, that's what I'd figured anyway before they yeah. explained it. And you have this great scene where, like, I think Audrey can hear Becca screaming, and she's like trying to break down the door, and she can't. And then she goes in, and she does something, and like Henry's there, and you have this amazing shot of Henry and Audrey in the hallway, just outside the door, and it's like lit from above. And they're just stood there, like holding each other. What you know, realizing there's something really, really like wrong. Yeah, bad is happening, Um, (laughs) and they're just like, "Oh shit, what have we done?" And I just love. Have we misread the recipe? Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's a bit like you know in that episode of Friends where Rachel decides to cook from the old English book, and she gets the uh, the trifle and the shepherd's pie page mixed together so she makes like it's like minced beef potato jelly custard that does sound like a typical british meal it does not <laughs> um but yeah um i just loved i just loved the way that shot looked it was just beautifully lit and, and yeah it was like framed amazingly yes yeah um, whoever the dp is i thought they did a fantastic job yes oh they talk he did talk about that I can't remember what it was because I was I was doing stuff whilst I was listening. What the director of photography they talked yeah. about. Yeah. Because basically what what um Justin Dick was saying was that it was a low budget film, obviously. And what he was doing, he was like, look, if you want, if you've got a 15-day shoot and the you know, incredibly you know, the, the really good, you know, DP is only available for five days hire them, use them for those five days, get the best shots you can, and then get somebody else in for the rest. And yeah, that's what he did for a lot of this film. So he was like, you know, he couldn't afford, who was the contortionist you said? His name, Troy? Troy James. Troy, Troy James. James. Yeah. That was who they wanted. They knew they wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be able to afford him. So they contacted this other, um, somebody else, and they got this woman, and she was really great, but then she couldn't actually do the dates. And she went, well, look, I work with this guy. He might be able to do it for you. 
His name's Troy. The next scene, uh, we have Audrey and Henry. They're like stood at the back door and there's loads of crows in the garden. And he's like, yeah, I actually forgot about that. But you know what? Before our technical difficulty, we were talking about the DP, who I think is a woman named Alexandria or something like this. Yeah. Did you say that you heard? Did she speak in the interview or did you hear anything? It was just with uh, Justin Judic, just with the director. But yeah, he did talk about, I swear it was her he was talking about where he was like, yeah, she just came from something really big and he could only get her for a few days, but she did a really good job. He did. Yeah. So we have uh, looking out and there's loads of crows and um, he's like, there's more of them. And she's like, really? I tend to notice a murder of crows in my backyard. And then we have our friendly neighborhood snow plow. We have Mr. Plow. Of the plower, Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow, the plower, turns up and he's like looking a bit sad and he's like talking to Henry. And Henry's like, Oh no, I cancelled. I called your wife. And he's like, Oh, well, if I'm honest, you know, I haven't been home in a long time. Basically, saying that him and his wife have split up. His wife's called Jenny and that she, because for tax purposes, everything's in her name. So he never got the message about cancelling and she won't even let him see the kids. And he's like all sad and like depressed. And Henry's like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry about your family troubles, Mr. Plowman. Uh, and then suddenly he like snaps out of it and he's like really chipper. And he's like, wait, no, I'm going to go plow your, I'm going to, you know, do you a solid and plow for you. And he's just like, oh, okay. God, he's so obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really like the way he was sad. And then suddenly he has this like snap and becomes like super, super cheerful. And I wondered if that was just him or if it was supposed to be something, you know, one of the demons kind of got to him at that point. You know, something supernatural made his personality change. Because, yeah, then he starts like plowing or whatever it is. We need to find out what that machine's called because it basically chopped up the snow into smaller snow. Like... I thought it was like a snow blower, maybe. It basically had. Why would you chop the snow into smaller snow? <laughs> That's not thing. It's like you know there were like big bits. The snow was really deep, so uh-huh. maybe it was like to clear the snow out of the way. So you pushed it along, and it made like a path and like blew the snow into small bits elsewhere. I don't know. All I know is it definitely did some jobbing because he's out there, and Audrey Henry goes back into the house. Audrey is like, oh, why didn't you send him away? He's like, I couldn't. He, he wouldn't take no for an answer. And, you know, weird, they're talking about all the weird things that are happening in the house. And Audrey's like, oh, do you think we did it wrong? Do you think Jackson's even in here? And then all of a sudden, like, Rory's, like, shouting up, like, hi, you know, waves, and she, they, they both wave. And then all you hear is uh, Rory go, um, hey, you did it right. Jackson's in there. He's coming back to you. And they're like, what the fuck? And then without like missing a beat, you know, the chipper Rory just dives headfirst into the snowplow. And yeah. <laughs> there's like blood everywhere. And like a bit of like bone or something like comes and smashes the chips, the glass next to where Henry and Audrey have stood. Like, and it was, I thought that scene was super, was super scary. It was very just scary. his personality change, yeah. and then him like he could hear them inside the house about Jackson, and then obviously throwing himself into the snowplow chopper thing. Really strong omen vibes. Yes, it's all mm-hmm. for you, Damien. It's all for you. <laughs> yeah, 
it gave me the same kind of sensation as one of the first time I saw the omen and, and that scene, which I, I really liked. So Henry now has to deal with this body. And which he deals with very poorly. Oh, absolutely. He just seems to take it out into the woods and half-arsedly buries it under the snow. There's still body parts showing. Yeah, there are a really slack job. A really slack job. So he's there doing that. um, And while he's doing that, we go back to the house and we see Becca in the bed. And basically she's like purposely fucking up her wrists with the handcuffs so that her hands are getting all like bloody and sore and and like cutting the circulation off. Um, And we see her doing that in an earlier scene and her hands are all like fucked. And Audrey's there, you know, obviously still rattled about what happened outside. So she's, she's trying to take care of Becca and she notices her hands and, and she's like, here, let me let, you know, you're cutting off circulation. Let's, let's make this more comfortable. So she like wraps, takes the handcuffs off her and like wraps them in some like a soft cloth or something just to make it easier. And they're talking. And I think this is where like Becca makes a really good play because she's like, look, you don't have to kill me when this is over. Take me with you. I, I want to be part of my baby's life. You know, Jackson will need a new mom because you guys, you know, you're quite old. You can help with the baby. You can lock me in a room. Just, just please take me with you. And yeah. it's like, well, you really think you can see like the whole way through Audrey's been very, very sweet and very caring, but also very much like, I know that you will try and use my emotions against me this is the plan, we're sticking to it. And this is the first point where you can see that everything that's been happening with all these demons is starting to get to her. And like, she lets her guard down a little bit and she's like, oh, do you really think we could do that? You know, could you really think you could be part of the baby's life? And and she's like, Becca's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so Audrey agrees to speak to Henry about it. And then we have it where she explains to Becca what happened to her daughter. And this is where we find out a bit more about how Jackson died. And it was basically Audrey, her daughter, and Jackson were in a car. There was a car accident. Jackson died straight away. Audrey was fine. Her daughter was paralyzed and in a wheelchair. And they renovate their entire house to make it accessible for her daughter. But her daughter just can't get over the grief of losing a child. And she throws herself down the stairs and dies. Um, yes. And- okay. Now, there was some confusion on my side about that. I wasn't sure. I don't know why. Got it in that she was maybe pushed down the stairs, or there was some sort of no, mystery no. behind it. But no, it sounds really straightforward. So I just invented yeah, she, that. Yeah, she basically she says, you know, I I thought she could get over it, but I didn't know until I lost my child that you could never, you know, you never get over that. Um, yeah. And she also explained okay. how her little girl used to always dress up as a ghost for Halloween in the Halloween shoot, which is why we had that earlier scene with the little yes, retreat yes. Um, because they knew it was, you know, it was playing on on Audrey. Um, and then we go back to Henry badly burying Rory in the woods. And what we forgot <laughs> to mention, by this point, a police officer, I've forgotten her name, has been has already spoken to Henry about Becca being missing. So obviously she's one of his patients. And she doesn't seem to be overly suspicious of, of you know, the, the friendly, well-spoken doctor. But she's like, oh, I've got a few more questions. We had a lead, but now we don't. And, and Henry's like, okay, I'll see you at the clinic tomorrow. And she's like, no, I really need to see you now. I'm coming to your house. And Henry's like, oh. Henry tries to dissuade her and he can't. So he starts like, he hangs up and then he's just like screaming into the woods, which I really liked. He has that shot of him like with his really badly buried, like what's he going to do when the snow goes? 
I mean, it was it was like he buried it under a few twigs and like yeah. a few centimeters, a few centimeters of dirt, and there were full blown fleshy body parts, bloody exactly. sticking out of the ground. I thought, come on now, I know you're a grandpa, but you could do better than that. Yeah. And he's out there with his truck as well, like his truck with his license plate on it and all that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the next scene we have is like their their front yard. And we see um, Henry running towards the house because he knows the police officer's going to be there. And he gets there and it's too late. The police officer's obviously got into the house. Uh, I think Audrey says that she heard Becca screaming. He kind of runs into the bedroom and Becca's on the bed screaming. The police officer has got Audrey on the floor in handcuffs and is pointing a gun at him. And she's like, you know, Henry, whatever his name is, you're under arrest for kidnapping. And Becca's screaming, like, get me out of here, get me out of here. And the police officer's like, calm down, Miss Becca, you're you're safe. I just have to do one thing and puts the gun under her head and shoots herself. What I wasn't, you- and I and, and they and all of that was handled so swiftly. Yeah. I did not see that coming. No. I thought this was the point where like he was either Henry or Audrey was gonna kill her. Like, because at this point. Right. You haven't yeah. seen him do anything, you know, apart from kidnapping Becca. That seems to be the only kind of bad thing they've done. And the whole time through that, they're like, we don't want to hurt you. We don't want to hurt the baby. So th- I thought this is going to be the point where we see them starting to like deteriorate. But no, no. The policewoman just literally puts the, the gun and blows and blows herself under her shin. She does it, yeah, like through her neck almost. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, they're like, what the fuck? So there's time to call him back up. And what do you do when you're a Satanist, elderly Satanist couple in, I don't know, some sort of small, snowy Canadian town trying you to call Ian. exorcism? You call Ian. Call Ian. And Ian, he's busy in his basement listening to death metal yep. because we have to get a few Satanism stereotypes in there. Yeah. Just- What's with his hair? <laughs> he's a very strange looking man. I'll say that. Yeah. As an actor. He's got like weird back comey like it's mullet-esque if you will yeah and then it's all kind of like scraped over the top it's all very strange so yeah <laughs> time's calling the back up i wrote the creepy ginger guy with the crazy hair and they explain yep. that book that we asked you about a while ago we actually found it we bought it and, and we performed one of the rituals and he's like really well that was a kind of like straight away he's like well that was a stupid thing to do and he's looking at it and he's like, no, you didn't do this right. Uh, you didn't kind of translate the book right, first of all, because they're like, oh, we summoned, they pointed at one of the demons in the book. So we summoned him because he's the one that can bring back souls. And he's like, well, you're half right. His name was Sergat, which I thought was quite funny because it was very similar to the uh, surname of one of my demonic exes. <laughs> yes, he was yep. demonic. He was, yep. Saga, and it's like the demon who can unlock the gate to the land of tormented souls. So basically, this demon that they summoned can unlock the gates, but they didn't do the next part of this. They didn't do the next ritual, which was to, you know, get the specific soul they were looking for into the body. They just basically opened a door to, like you said before, like a portal to end. Yeah. That, that, and, and that basically all these what we kind of gather is that all these demonic ghosty figures that we've seen are all trying to find a body. So they're yeah, they want to be human. Yeah, they want to find it. They want to find a body. Which is not too dissimilar to the plot line of Sinister. 
Insidious. Or Insidious. Yes. It's rather. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that. This is where the part where Ian basically explains that the reason it didn't work was that they need to trade a life. They need to kill a mother, the mother, to allow. It's like they, the mother trades her life so the baby. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, you should trade a life. The mother trades her life, uh, implying that for this to work, they'll have to kill Becca. And I really loved this scene with the ritual. And he's like, oh, don't forget your salt, which is very old school. Gotta have your salt. Yep. Yes, when he comes back, he's like, oh, yeah, you've got to have your salt. Because we see here that he's like, I'm going to go home. I'm not safe here until it's time to do the ritual. And Ian's in his base, back in his basement being very angry, reading the book, he agrees to help them. If he gets to keep the book and get like 10 grand, I think, he's like, I haven't got any money. Give me some money and I'll help you. Yeah, and he's in the basement being really angry and you hear his kind of sweet mom and she's upstairs and she's like, Ian, I've got some food for you. Do you want some snacks? And he's just like, no. <laughs> I'm busy in Yes, I'm busy preparing for Satan and being all... Evil and demonic in my parents' basement. Yeah. Hundred percent. So when you know him, I went to school with that guy. Yeah, I think I probably went out with that guy, to be honest, at some point. You probably did. (laughs) Yeah, I probably did. And when he comes back to the house, basically he walks in and like the ghost of the policewoman just keeps following them around and shooting herself. So all like the demon went. A little bit more dark comedy here with the grandma being like she won't stop yeah she's been doing that all night <laughs> yeah and they they start Ian helps them set up upstairs and they're doing this and I'm like there's something about a grandma because we have this scene of Audrey like kneeling on the floor painting in blood and it's like there's something very strange about seeing like a sweet grandma painting a pentacle in blood <laughs> on the floor I, I mean it was, it was reminiscent of my childhood growing up oh yeah I mean who didn't watch their grandmas paint bloody pentacles on the floor and like sacrifice animals? And I mean, it was all kind. Of, it was like I felt very nostalgic. Yeah. When I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I love this whole ritual scene with Ian, and I just thought in the build, it was part of the buildup, right? Like I, I really liked that. Yeah. Something broke because the girl, um, Becca, who was chained up, the pregnant lady, she she like slips free and well, basically, to- yeah. So she's while they're preparing for the ritual, Becca's talking to Audrey, like, Oh, did you speak to Henry about me coming with you? And it was like, Oh, yes, yes. And Becca's like, Oh, maybe when the baby's born, we can send a picture to my mom. Like, we're not close, but she'd love to know that she's a grandma. And Audrey's like, Oh, yes, that's a lovely idea. And Becca knows she's lying. At this point, mm-hmm. Becca knows that she's not getting out of this and something's changed. So she's like, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. Can I, I think like I need my, you know, I need something to help me prepare for this, for what we're about to go through. So Audrey leaves the room. And when she leaves the room, Becca, who has been managing to slip herself loose, which is, I think, why she kind of tricked Audrey into putting those bandages on the handcuffs was to make more room for her to be able to slip her wrist out. So she gets her wrist out. That makes sense, yeah. There's a glass of water on the side and she pours it on her lap and smashes the glass and hides a shard of it under her pillow and then, like, pretends to put her hand back and starts screaming, um, like, to Audrey, basically saying her waters are broken because she is due to give birth any day. Yes. Oh, my water's, water's broken. So, like, Ian starts the ritual 
because they can't we need to do it now so Ian's in the bedroom and Ian's been ranting about the woman who's been running like the girl who was running the satanist circle saying oh you know she's not really satanist she's just a poser <laughs> and yeah. the girl keeps trying to call Henry during the ritual which I found really funny like he just stops to take the call and they're like what the fuck are you doing and he's just like answers the phone and it's this girl and she's like Henry I've been trying to get a hold of you like Ian went nuts and killed his mum last night and painted loads of like satanic symbols on the wall she's like I'm not even really into this like stuff and Ian, and Henry kind of hangs up and doesn't say anything he just kind of says to Audrey not very like subtly even he's like there's something wrong with Ian <laughs> So, well, so yeah. do you think that Ian was just psycho or was Ian possessed by a demon? I think he was just psycho. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I like that they left it ambiguous. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. And he started the ritual. And then I think Ian kind of, I think Ian has ulterior motives as well with this. He help, He's helping them because he even says that basically at this point, he like takes his shoes off and cuts inverted crosses in his feet. And is walking, which definitely made me wince and gave me like St. Maud vibes. Well, and he, yes, definitely. But he also, when he's walking into the room, like trips through the salt, leaving an opening through the salt. Yeah. Remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry's watching Ian um, suspiciously. Becca grabs hold of Audrey and is holding a piece of glass to her throat. And she's like, let me out of here or I'm going to slit her throat. And Becca's already had a conversation with Henry earlier in the film. And Henry explains that, you know, Audrey caused the accident that killed Jackson. And she was never been able to accept that. She was fussing over him and wasn't paying attention. She crashed the car. And he's like, straight away, I knew that, you know, I would do anything, anything for her, anything to make this happen. So like, Audrey's been doing all of this for Jackson, but Henry's been doing it all for Audrey. So he, immediately he's like, yep, yeah, sure, like, let her go. I'll do whatever you want. And Audrey's like, no, 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 don't stop the ritual. And Ian's like, no, don't stop. So Ian basically grabs Audrey and stabs her. It's like, stabs her in the stomach. Yeah, mm. stabs her in the stomach. And he says, he's like, well, a mother's a mother because they had to sacrifice a mother for the, for the ritual to work. And he had kind of said previously, like, it doesn't matter your age or just any, anyone will do. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. Like, a mother's a mother. And he's like, I just basically, he, he kind of says this speech where he's like, he just wants to release the demon into the world. He wants the, the demon to kill all the sheep and to burn it, burn it all. Basically, he doesn't care what happens. He's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna give him a home. Basically, thinking like I'm gonna bring him into this world and he can have the baby. If you know, my lord Satan. (laughs) (laughs) But then, in a kind of sudden thing, it's it's like weird, demonic, creepy, mental patient. I think kind of skips into the room and grabs Ian and drags him out. I think rapes him. Yeah, I think that was what was happening as well from what you see later on. There were like some thrusting movements happening. And I, I was doing this, of course, with my parents, which is always a comfortable and pleasant experience. I'm just watching this like, is that, is he really, is he anally raping him like quietly in the corner? Is that thrusting? Yeah, like, yes, it is. Ian gets dragged down the stairs. Becca's trying to untie herself. Um, the weird bag head creature comes back out and again is trying to like eat her. Audrey's like, Henry's holding Audrey, Audrey's dying. And 
Becca gets free and she's like, Henry, come on, let's go. Like, even though he's caused this, she understands. She's like, come on, we've got to get out of here. And before yeah. he can do anything, Henry, like, starts, like, spitting blood. And these, like, weird claws, like, spider legs, almost, like, pop out of his back. Yeah, he grows a demon out of his back, basically. Yeah, like a big, weird spider demon. Um, pretty gross, pretty gross. So Becca yeah. just, Becca, like, legs it, as you would. She's coming down the stairs. Yeah. She sees, yeah, what potentially is Ian getting raped, and she's trying to be very quiet, getting past that demon. And then as she comes further down the stairs, you've got, like, the flossing ladies there again with the little ghost sheet. Yeah. The bloody gum. It's a little revisitation of all the demons. Yeah, you see, like, the big, I think you see, like, the big sheet ghost again. And then we see, which I think is what's supposed to be coming out of Henry, it's like this big, weird, horny demon woman. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it wasn't very clear to me. No, it was. It didn't look the same as the as the beak demon from earlier. It looked like it had like, like almost like ram's horns, and yeah, there was something quite feminine about its shape. But yeah, so I've just put weird horny demon woman. <laughs> will probably accurate. That's yeah, accurate. That's my. That's my. If I had a dating profile, that would be my bio. <laughs> Perfect. I hit on you. Horny demon woman. Yeah. I'd swipe right. And then we had another shot that I thought was just really amazing where you see like Henry and Audrey's hands. They're both dead and they're lying on the floor. And it's just like a shot of just their hands and the blood and the blood, their blood just like mingles together, which I thought was really, really cool. Oh, and speaking of shots, I missed this. Ian was explaining about the ritual to them, about the salt and the ritual. There's a shot where it's like Audrey and Henry are in the kitchen and Ian is standing off to the side and there's a mirror. Yes. And there's a mirror shot. That's a a brilliant shot. I loved it. I even commented on it out loud to my dad. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about that. That that was like a really beautiful shot. Becca's. That must've been one of the days they had the DP. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Becca's out of the house and she sees Rory um, who's all bloody and uh, like demon ghost Rory and he starts referring to her he's like Jenny you can't have my children rah, rah, rah. and she just ignores him which I, is probably the right move and <laughs> yeah. gets in the car and as she gets in the car she looks up to where her, the bedroom was where she's being held at the top of the house and you see like I'm assuming it's the big horny demon woman like picking up Jackson you just kind of see like Jackson being held lifted up really high so I'm not really sure what that's supposed to signify but we see that she gets in the car, she's driving away. And then the next shot, you've got her like, look, at, she's driving and it's through the, through trees. So I'm presuming she's driving like on a forest road and she suddenly slows the car and stops it. And really quite far ahead in the distance on the road, you see like the big horny demon woman very slowly step out of the trees and start walking towards her. And she's walking really slowly towards the car. And Becca just kind of looks at the demon, looks at her belly and you kind of hear the heartbeat, and then it ends. And, and then it ends without any real... <laughs> so this, this ending for me is a little bit why my score was kind of low, because I felt that it wasn't clear. And while, let me, let me, there's a distinction, in my opinion, between leaving something ambiguous and leaving unanswered questions for the sake of upping this scare fact case in point black christmas i don't need all the answers to sort of understand what happened and to feel 
some type of way about it. But in this movie, I genuinely felt like it was almost unresolved to the point where it bothers me. It bothered me that I wasn't for sure what was going on. I had to kind of look it up. If I have to, like, as a director, your number one job is to tell the story in a way that's clear. So to me, he did not tell the story in a way that was clear up until the end. Obviously, that's just my opinion. I only watched it once. So maybe if I had multiple viewings, that would change my opinion. But for me, the ending is let it down massively. I got the feeling that she got away and maybe that's all you needed to know, but it wasn't clear. Like what happened with Jackson? It wasn't clear. Like what that thing was, it wasn't clear. Like, was it just that because the demon had come back through the portal of a dead mother as in Audrey, they didn't need Becca anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, when I first watched it and I saw this ending, I thought I missed something earlier on that might have cleared it up. So when I watched it again, um, I was like, oh, maybe maybe it'll be more clear this time. And no, it wasn't. Um, I agree with you. While you could have an ambiguous ending, I, there still needs to be some sort of... I'm trying to think of the right word like conclusion or some sort of, I, I don't even know that conclusion is the right word, no, but to not. me, I think, but there was no payoff. There no, was no payoff. You, that's essentially it. There was no payoff. Yeah. So you had this, all this buildup of the different demons who are all very scary, except for the Cirque du Soleil guy. But other than that, okay. it might, I know he scared you, but so that's just some people, most people probably love it. I'm just an asshole and I admit it, but I think that you, You've got this buildup of the demons coming through the portal, all very scary for the most part. This lovely buildup with the ritual and Ian, and then kind of all of a sudden Ian gets stolen by a demon who we haven't seen before. No, so that's a new a new demon, which I also thought was a little strange because you're yeah. having repeats. Like clearly, the same demons are still around. Then you've got Jackson being picked up by was it the same horned thing as what was walking across the street? Not sure about that, so we don't really know what happened to Jackson. And then you do get the feeling that Becca manages to escape. She's no longer needed as part of the ritual. Okay, fair enough. I suppose that's some kind of conclusion, but it's not a payoff. And then you get. Yeah, it was just kind of anticlimactic in a way, almost. Yeah, because I was like, so with her seeing the demon up ahead, so she's you know, she's she's escaped, and then suddenly the demon's there. So the demon's out of this like portal. Fine, I get that. Um, but yeah, does this mean that the part of the spell where the, the ritual where they were putting Jackson into her baby does that mean that's worked? Is that why she's looking down at her her belly? Is it like, you know, the baby? inside of her is demonic in some way. See, the feeling I got was that Jackson, they were not successful in bringing Jackson back. Jackson got taken off by some other demon or something like that. He's yeah. off now in like glitch hellscape land where I guess children go, I'm not sure. So the feeling I got was that that part of it was unsuccessful, but they did manage to bring a demon from the other realm or what have you over. And they did that by a... Uh, Audrey and even her yeah. husband a little bit because it came through the husband, but Audrey died first and then their blood intermingled. So I definitely felt there was some sort of strong connection there. Maybe that was part of the ritual. And so then you've got, well, yeah. And then you've got the thing born out of his back. So to me, it was like the demon was born. Yeah. It, it was born. I didn't need the newborn baby to be, to come into being. So no, I, I got the feeling that Becca got away. She escaped and 
you know, she's working at the bar down the road. Like that's, that's the feeling I got from that. But then why did the, de- why did she stop the car? Why does a demon appear in front of her? But th- that I think was perhaps the director in some way kind of telling you that the demon has been reborn through the couple, the grandparents couple, not her. And so she and her baby get away technically. Mm-hmm. But that's just speculation because it's all very unclear. There's not enough clues to, you know, a reasonable answer. The payoff wasn't great and the climax wasn't great. So yeah. that was that's why I gave it a lower score. Still a good movie, still enjoyable. I still liked it a lot. I'm glad I watched it. I think like earlier, we kind of said that performances were incredible. Some of the shots, you know, the the DP shots are fantastic i mean really almost beautiful really beautiful there were some beautiful shots in this film and Uh, there were some effective scares for sure yeah it i was kind of hovering around a four i bumped it up a little bit on second watch because i noticed like some of those shots were just stunning like the mirror shot and things that kind of um and learning and i I suppose it's difficult for me to like I kind of gave it more of a score after finding out that all the all of those effects were like practical effects because I have a you know quite a soft spot for practical effects. Um, for sure, and the effects again, effective, effective yes, effects. Exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm. I would say really, it, it's about a solid four for me, but a fond. I have I have a bit of a soft spot for this film. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you recommended it. You really liked it. I I liked it too. Yeah, I just thought there were some decisions that the, the director could have made that perhaps would have resulted in something a little bit scarier and the payoff being a little bit more worth it in a way. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, no regrets watching it. I, I really liked it and I would and I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad. I really enjoyed it too on second viewing, which is, you know, it's, it's only, I think I watched it about October time, maybe. Um, so it hasn't been okay in the it's last, not that long yeah, yeah. Um, so to be able to watch it again and still be like yeah this is this is a really really good film I was quite quite glad that I still after after kind of bigging it up so much in in the previous episode I'm glad that it kind of held up <laughs> yeah definitely and I think as well the thing is about new horror we had this before is like kind of there's nothing new under the sun in a sense and even the premise for this seems fresh you reference you know there's like a couple other things it's obviously the movie is obviously a little referential in its own right i got a little bit of rosemary's baby's vibes from that i definitely got um what was the what's the one you mentioned earlier uh yeah all men you know so you kind of get we also mentioned um Blair Witch Project with the teeth like there's definitely some that's what I mean like referential the film's a bit referential it's referencing other things but many films do that but the premise felt fresh yeah I think just the execution was lacking a little bit yeah you need more of a payoff than a Hallmark movie I'll say that yes absolutely (laughs) well yeah I really enjoyed it so you know definitely uh, if you guys out there listening have watched it let us know what you think. Yes. You agree with our scores and yeah. what's your thoughts? If you haven't watched it yet, it is available on Shudder for free by, with, with a Shudder subscription. 
Um, Shudder is available via Prime if you don't have it, because you can you can have like a website subscription or you can have it through Prime, mine's through Prime. So yeah, highly recommend that. In other news, just very quickly, I know we always talk about like rating and reviewing us. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can now rate us. You yes. Can us the five stars that we deserve because we are awesome. Please and do it. Please do it. We really want to, we love doing this podcast. I've really missed doing it kind of, every week over Christmas so I'm glad that we're like back yeah we love it we want people to listen to us just so that we can get more people who might interact with us and yeah so give us an honest rating but you know we'll love you forever give us your love give us all your love love. and I think um if I'm not mistaken Jenny and I are planning to if not the next episode in the near future covering the new scream so Keep an eye on that because we're both very excited about that. Yeah, that comes out uh, this Friday in cinemas. So. I wish we could go see it together. Move to London. Well, I might be able to. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um, I can't move to London, but I, but I may be able to sort something out. Come visit me for snuggles. Yes, yes. yes. And fix your your broken neck. Um, and my thoughts and prayers helping you Thank you, Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> Definitely better. All right. Well, until next time, yeah? Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>